I don't know about you, but it's been a little bit hot here lately, so I took some pictures around town just so you can get an idea of how things are going. It's so hot that even the ice cream trucks are melting right now. Now, this is for, is Greg Swift here? Is Greg, 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 there you are. Bro, this one's for you. Uh, I don't know if you got any corn out for your deer right now, but I'm telling you, it's, uh, it's a, that's you. Did you take that picture? Awesome. All right, well, here's another one. And this is, this is for any of us who've grown up in Texas. You're going to get this. I know you're going to get this. So here it is. If you've ever wondered what the surface of the sun felt like, let your arm touch one of these during a hot Texas summer. Can anybody relate? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Love a true story. I love that. All right. And then for those of you as we're getting the... Um, the weather on my weather map, you know, my, my app on my phone, on Tuesday it's going to be 98, on Wednesday 137, Thursday 209, and then on Friday we're going to be on fire, and then by Saturday we die, right? We just go up and smoke. So uh, here's another one, just peeked outside to see if it was hot. It's so hot right now. So what I love though, you know, everybody knows West Texans are friendly, right? We love West Texas. Come on, say, we love, we love West Texans. All right, you just made me feel right at home here now. This is what we've done in West Texas to help everybody. It's so hot in Texas, we've installed fans outside. So if you've ever driven I-10 over, uh, over towards uh, West Texas, you'll see those fans that we installed. And then here's another one. Summer in Texas. Now, look, you can't read this at the bottom, but it says, but it's a dry heat. You ever hear that one? It's 107, but it's a dry heat. If you're from Midland, Odessa, you know what I'm talking about, right? So, and then the last one, I thought this was really apropos. Satan called, he wants his weather back. And so, I say we should just give it back to him. Can I get an amen? Let's pray as we get started. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for the privilege that today we get to talk about Jesus. Because there is literally something about that name. Something that brings life and hope and passion and fire into our bones. Destiny. And like I said earlier, reason to get up in the morning. So thank you for this privilege of talking about Jesus. In Jesus' name, everyone said. Remember, we're talking about laying strong foundations this summer. If you'll remember, last week I was given the task of a 30-minute sermon on God. Yeah, and so I, I did go over a little bit by four minutes. I, I covered God in 34 minutes. So uh, somebody said, well, Jesus is a little less than God, so maybe you can get it in 30 this time. We'll see how that works out, right? I don't see Jesus as less than God, amen? So we're talking about foundations, and we showed this picture last week because I want to get this idea in your mind of what a bad foundation looks like. So if you got a bad foundation, in fact, we brought this out last week, and uh, I said, don't try this at home on a floor that's like tile or concrete, only on carpet. But what this is, anybody know what this is? Some workout thing, yeah. Did anybody see Shark Tank when this was? This is a fit board. And uh, somebody said, oh, I want one of those. Yeah, I know. So we, we got one. Annette got this for me. She said it was for this sermon series, but I'm thinking, I'm thinking she might have meant something else for me. So here's what you do. You actually stand on this thing. If anybody ever ride skateboards when you were younger? I'm not talking about the ones with metal wheels, okay? I'm not talking about the ones where you took skates and took them apart and stuck them on a board. Did anybody do that? 
Some of us are old enough to remember that. Yep, we did. So anyway, I did a little skateboard myself. So it's kind of the same principle where you get on the board, you rock back and forth, you move, you twist. I got to be careful. I don't want to hurt myself. But you twist around. And what this does, it strengthens your core so that it supports your back. It gives you a good foundation. And what we're doing this summer is we're strengthening our core spiritually by diving into the topics about what we believe. This we believe. So last week we talked about God. This week we're talking about Jesus. Next week we're going to talk about the person and work of the Holy Spirit. And then we'll move on with the church, the Scripture, all through the summer doing this because we're strengthening our core because we want to have a good foundation. Because here's what happens. With a bad foundation, you can see what it's done to this building, but we want to build something to last, right? So this is our summer home. Just kidding. We want to build something that lasts, that's stable, that will last for time. Because we're building for the long haul. Because here's the thing. We don't want anybody burning out before the finish line. Amen? What we're doing is we're establishing foundations so that we can build a strong structure and a strong house. So let me share this with you out of the book of John, chapter 1. Because as we're talking about Jesus, we need to start at the beginning. Listen to the scripture. In the beginning was the Word, notice it's capitalized, and the Word was with God, and the Word, and we're not talking about the written Word, the, the writing of the Bible, we're talking about the Son of God Himself, the Word, the message, Jesus Himself. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. Notice that. All things were made through Jesus, and without Him, nothing was made that was made. In Him was life. Someone say life. Now, you'll hear me say a lot, we have to leak out life. We want to be so full that we receive life, we speak life, so that we can leak out life. In Him was life. And we want to be able to be so full of Him that we literally leak Him out. We ooze Him, in a sense, out of our pores everywhere we go. Look at that. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. That's interesting, isn't it? Would you say we have a world that where even when the light is shining, the world's not comprehending it? Amen. Let me just say something about Jesus, and, and I want to give you the next scripture here. And the Word became flesh... And dwelt among us. Remember, he was called Emmanuel in the Gospels. God with us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. I'm going to share something in just a minute. But here's what's interesting to me. If you ever watch any of the award shows, I mean any of them, whether it's music, acting, whatever, uh, even the ESPYs, all these different award shows, it's not uncommon for people to get up and say, and I just want to thank God, or I just want to thank the universe for, and I just want to thank, and God bless you. And I mean, no one has a problem talking about God in this very large, vague, ambiguous way. But very rarely do you hear somebody. Now, it happens occasionally, but it's almost shocking when it happens when someone says, I want to thank Jesus Christ for giving me the ability to do this, or for giving me the opportunity to do this. And when you do, it's, it's a weird mixed reaction, is it not? Sometimes it's silent. Sometimes people clap and cheer. You never know, because here's why. Jesus himself, 
God was never that controversial. Most people don't have an issue with a higher power. Even the 12 step talks in those terms. But people have an issue and the dividing point is Jesus Himself. Jesus Christ is the tipping point. So you can talk about God out in the world, and the world's okay with that, but you bring up Jesus, I'm telling you, the conversation changes. Because Jesus was divisive and controversial then, and today He's still divisive and controversial. Listen to this scripture. I love the message translation. Listen to what it says of that same verse. In fact, let me read the other verse. This is out of the New King James. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. In the message, it says this, the Word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. Don't you love the way Peterson says that? I always say, and the Word put on a flesh suit and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes. By the, word, the, by the way, the word glory in the Scriptures, there's various translations of it, but one is this, the glory of God, because that's sort of one of those vague, ambiguous things. Here's what the glory of God is. It's the manifested presence of God. So think in those terms. So the Word became flesh and blood, put on an earth suit, moved into the neighborhood. We saw His manifested presence, His glory, with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory, like Father, like Son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. This is who we're talking about today. Jesus Christ, the one who for many is a rock of offense, a stumbling block, the Scripture calls Him. Have you ever tripped over something that you didn't see? I mean, there's nothing more shocking than to be walking along and not see something and catch your toe on it and just go down. And it happens so fast you never saw it coming. Do you know the word offense literally means something that you trip over or stumble over? Jesus Himself is called the rock of offense. And many will stumble over Him. In fact, in the context that passage was brought up, that was actually the context of it. They were tripping over Jesus. So, Jesus said to him, I am the way. To who? To Thomas. He was talking to his disciples and he was saying this, I am a way, a truth, and what? Oh, I'm sorry, I misread that a little bit. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one, someone say no one. No one comes to the Father except through me. This is why Jesus, for our world and our culture, is a rock of offense. Because many people believe that there is one big pond up there, right? God. And we're all trying to get there together. We're all, but here's the deal. We all choose our own path. In fact, there are many streams that lead to the ocean, and you just need to pick which stream works for you. Get on that raft and just go. Because we're all going to end up in the same place, right? This is why Jesus is considered a rock of offense. Because He is the dividing line. Jesus, I remember talking to somebody about this, and He was a non-believer, and He got actually very upset with me. He said, you mean to tell me that, that this is so exclusive, that every other religion is wrong, and that there's only one way to get to God? And I said, yes, absolutely. I said, I'm not saying that in, to be mean or to be 
any, I'm just saying this is what the Bible says. I believe the Bible. And that is how you get to God. There has been a disconnect. Have any of you been driving through our community, especially on Maine on the weekend, and you drop a call? Am I the only one who can't get cell service in our town on a weekend? And you drop a call. What is it? It's a disconnect. In the garden, when Adam and Eve were there, and they were approached, and they fell to sin, they chose their own way, there was a disconnect. When that disconnect happened, it, it created all kinds of havoc in the world. Not only did Adam and Eve themselves fall, and they were separated from God, but also the world itself, even creation itself, suffered that sin. So even the very earth is cursed. It's, it's under a curse. That means, it means they're set up to fail. And so what happened, there had to be another plan. So if Adam and Eve, who were created perfect, set in a garden, a perfect, beautiful place, and in disobedience and sin were now separated from God, now there's this great chasm. How does a, now a mere mortal man reach a holy God? A sinful, fallen human being. There is a way. This is the beauty of the cross and what God did in Jesus Christ. When I was 18 years of age, um, the First Baptist Church in our little town, Post, Texas, would cook dinner every lunch, or, or they do a lunch on Friday for the, for the high school students. So, hey, it was a buck, so I went to eat, and it was always good. But what we had to do, the, the youth minister there, Steve, always did a little uh, chalk talk. Remember chalkboards? Anybody remember those? He did a chalk talk. It wasn't a whiteboard. It was a chalkboard. And it was huge. And he would do these chalk talks, and he would bring the good news, the gospel. And you have to understand, I didn't know Jesus. I believed in God. But I had only been introduced to Jesus as a young man. Hey, Jesus, how you doing? I may or may not see you again. So I'd only been introduced. I wasn't born again. I hadn't stepped over the line. I didn't go all in. And so as a high school student, my senior year, we would drive over to the First Baptist Church. We'd walk in. There was a whole row of very nice older ladies who had cooked this amazing meal. And for a buck, you could just eat yourself sick. But you had to listen to the chalk talk. That was the rule, right? And so I didn't realize I'd do this in mission houses in Los Angeles and stuff. I mean, we were being treated like homeless people. I mean, you gotta, you're going to get some food, but you got to... So it was really cool. So I remember Steve doing these chalk talks. You know, I'd try not to listen. I'd be talking to my friends and hanging out, passing biscuits, you know. I mean, it's just like whatever. And then I remember one time he drew this thing and he used this, this, this verbiage. He said... There's a gulf that's been fixed between God and man. So he, grew, he drew like a canyon. And he said, here's God over here. Then there's this big gorge canyon. Now he didn't draw flames and all that stuff. I've seen all that. But he just said, and then on this side, there's us. And he said, how do you get from one side to the other? Guys, this is simple, right? This is Christianity 101. But you got to understand, I didn't know Jesus. So I'm watching going, ah, oh, this is interesting. This is kind of making sense. But I'm trying to act like I'm not listening. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Every student in here knows exactly what I'm talking about, right? This is how you live, right? I did too. So 
I remember going, I'm listening, but I don't want him to know I'm listening because if I make eye contact with him, he might come talk to me. So I was like avoiding and trying to eat, but I'm going, this caught my attention. Then he drew a cross and made it into a bridge. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Have you seen this? And he drew this bridge and he said, now Jesus Christ himself through his death, burial, and resurrection, his death on the cross has now made a way where now God and man can be reconciled, can be reconnected by going across the bridge. And it was like something dropped for me. I was, I mean, I get chill bumps thinking about it. I remember thinking, for the first time, this just made sense. That's why, that's the Jesus connection. I didn't under, I, I was okay with God, but I didn't understand the Jesus piece. And here it was. No one comes to the Father except through me. It's on the bridge, the cross, getting over from one to the other. So my question for you this morning, before we even take another step here, have you crossed over that bridge? Have you stepped over the bridge to go through Jesus to be reconciled to God? And I'm not talking about seeing God as this this religious figure, this Santa Claus figure on a throne. I'm talking about a personal relationship that's so real to you that it gets you up in the morning. In fact, sometimes it wakes me up in the middle of the night because I want to talk to Him. I have something to say to Him. I pray to Him in the middle of the night. Maybe something's on my heart and I just want to talk to my dad, my father, my Abba, my Papa. Do you know Him like that? Well, I didn't know Him like that until I realized I needed to cross the bridge. I needed to go through Jesus because He was my way to the Father. And that's what the Scripture is saying. I am the way. I'm the way to the Father. I, I am the truth. Notice not a way. The world wants to say there's, a, there's many ways. He's one of many. But He's being exclusive here and saying, I am the way. I am the truth. The truth. Wait a minute. He's the truth? I thought truth was an idea. I thought truth was a concept. In John 8, 32, he says this about truth. He says, you will know the truth, and the truth will what? Make you free. Set you free. Uh, So, okay, so I just need to know concepts. I need to know the truth. I need to know this idea. No, no, no. He's talking about you will know the truth... You will know Jesus, because later in verse 36 it says, Whom the Son sets free, Jesus, is free indeed. So I will know the truth, and the word knows, the word knows go there, which simply means to know by experience. Here's another way to say it that's not so theological. It's to know in your knower. Do you know in your knower the truth, this, Jesus? Do you know in your knower that you have crossed over that bridge. You've gone through Jesus to get reconnected to the Father. Do you know that in your knower? Do you know that by experience? If not, then let's talk. If not, let's pray. If not, let's take the step together. And we'll do that. We'll go over that bridge together. And then the last thing here, very simple. He says this, He's the way, the truth, not an idea or concept, And He is the life. One last thing about the truth. There are a lot of people who know a lot of the Bible. That's not this. 
I'm talking about knowing the person of Jesus Christ because truth is a person. And you know what else is important? And this leads me to the next thing. Is that Jesus is not just a life. He is the life. There's a lot of people who've made religious decisions. They have well-meaning, good-hearted, but they've never actually gone over that bridge to go all in with Jesus Himself so that they could literally look at you and say, I know Him. And He knows me. And we have a relationship. And we talk. In fact, I just talked to Him a little bit ago. We just had a conversation. On my way over here, I talked to Him. In the shower, I talked to Him. Some people sing in the shower. I pray out loud in the shower. So... Do you know Him like that? Do you know Jesus like that? Do you know Jesus in the way that you're so reconnected to the Father that, it keep, that you know you have purpose? You know you have significance. You know you have value and worth and destiny. Do you know why you get up every morning? I'm asking you a question. Do you know why you get up every morning? I'm not talking about the job, the clock. I'm talking about destiny and purpose. If you don't, then you don't know him like I know him and like Mike knows him, like the colonel knows him, like Melissa knows him. I mean, the list could go on, like Russ knows him. Do you know him like that? Do you know my Jesus? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Is that exclusive? Yes. Is it mean? No, it's just the truth. It's the truth in love. He wants you to be reconciled to God, to get back to where we started this thing, to be reconciled to Him so that we can move forward in this and grow forward together. So there it is. So laying strong foundations. Jesus is the way to connect. He's the truth that sets us free. And it is about the life. Jesus is the life, not just a life. I don't know about you. I don't want to live a life. This world is not that fun. Amen. This world is not that great. It's good, but it's not great. There's something coming much better. Amen. What the Bible calls the renewal of all things. That's coming. I'm more excited about that because I, I want to experience the earth the way it was created. Don't you? Not this broken down thing. I'm excited about the future. Christ, who's your life? So, keeping it super simple today, because hey, to talk about Jesus, it's not that complicated. And He's not that complicated. So we keep it simple, saint, right? Keep it simple. So here it is. Simply making it real for real life. Here it is. Receive His free gift of life. And I always say this, go all in. Now, we, we always point to the baptistry because that's where the water is. You can go all in. I want to invite you today to go all in with Jesus. I want to invite you to step over the line. Now, you may say, wait a minute, I've been a Christian a long time. Uh, you know, I can go to McDonald's a lot. That does not make me a Big Mac, right? <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, it doesn't actually, being in there doesn't convert me. So I want to say this to you. There's a lot of people who attend churches in America around the world who've never stepped over the line and gone all in. They've never crossed the bridge to say, Lord, I want to be born again. 
I want to be changed from the inside out. Because the way I'm doing it's not working. We have a golden question we ask on Wednesday night. Any Wednesday night folk in here? What's the golden question? How's that working for you? Because if it's not working, then we need to find out what works. Amen? Let me tell you what works. It's turning your life over to the one who created life itself. It's turning your life over to Jesus. And to say, Jesus, I want to go all in. I want to step over the line. And where you go, I want to go. I don't want to... In fact, if you go, I'm going with you. You'll end up being like, like Moses said, who said, literally, he said, if you don't go, we're not going. <laughs> Uh, if you go, I'm going with you. Don't don't go without me. So it's this idea of stepping over. So you receive His free gift. It's not that complicated. And I'll help you with that in just a minute. Here's another piece. Yield to His life in and through you. Did you know that Jesus not only wants to give you His life so that He can live? Uh, It's funny to me. Yeah, He just lives on the inside of me, but I'm not going to let Him out. Like you can contain the God of the universe, right? You do know you're bigger on the inside than you are on the outside, right? Physically it's impossible, but in the spirit it's totally possible. We are much larger on the inside than we are on the outside. Why? Because He lives in us. When we've stepped over that line, gone all in, He now takes up residence in us. It's called abiding. He lives in, He dwells in us, and we're massive on the inside. But here's the deal. He wants us to open it up and let it leak out. The idea is to be so full that wherever we go and whatever we're doing, whatever sphere of influence we have, which is a gift, by the way, whether it's two or 2,000, whatever your sphere is, He wants us to be so full that we naturally leak Him out everywhere we go. Everywhere we go. We get bumped or jostled, guess what? We leak, we spill because we're so full of life. Remember what I said last week. We receive His life, we speak life, and we leak life. Receive His love, speak love, leak love. Receive Jesus, speak Jesus, and leak Jesus. Amen? So yield to His life in, because He doesn't want to just live in you, He wants to live through you. Through you. And then this, this is hard to take, rest in His finished work on the cross. Wait a minute, I thought we are supposed to work. Well, we do work, but we labor from the posture of rest. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. He says, my burden is what? Easy. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. He said, take it upon you. He said, walk with me, let's go through this together. The word collaborate, it's the word co-labor. Let's collaborate. Let's co-labor together. In fact, if you're sweating and you're working yourself and you're burned out and fried from doing Christian ministry, you're not working from the right place. Because he says, I want you to labor and work from the posture of rest. If you're fried and burned out, it's because you're not resting. You're just working. And he says, look, come, come. I want you to rest in my finished work. So listen to this out of Colossians 1.27. This kind of puts it together for me. So listen to this. To them, God willed to make known what are the riches of His presence, His glory, His manifest presence, 
the, the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. So what's the mystery? Wait, we have a mystery? Yeah, there's lots of mysteries, right? But here he says, here's the mystery, and now I'm going to tell you what the mystery is. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now here's the thing. Many of you have read this in your devotional reading or if you're reading through, and, but you, that, that may not even be one you've highlighted. Maybe you didn't put a pin mark by the number. But here, let me unpack this just for a second. Because this scripture says a lot more than you may know. So listen to this. Christ in you. That little word in, that's a primary preposition. And it can be translated several ways. First of all, it can be translated in. That's accurate. But it can also be translated with. It can also be translated through. So now think about what that's saying. Knowing the translation of the actual word, Christ in you, Christ with you, Christ through you. This is the key to living the life instead of a life. It's learning to let Christ live through you. In other words, it takes the pressure off of you. This message today isn't about putting pressure on you. It's about taking the weight off. Why? Because He wants to live His life through you. Not just in you, but through you. We think, if I get saved, then I need to work until the cows come home. i got to labor. i got to get after it. i got to push the plow. And He's saying, whoa, whoa, wait. Let me do it through you. You're working way too hard. Some of you, in the words of Dr. Gillum, some of you just need to give up. You need to surrender. He's just waiting on you to go, I can't do this anymore. You know what he's going to say? Finally, it's about time you arrived at that conclusion. I've been trying to get you there for years. Because guess what? We can't do it. That's the beauty. I stood up in a church one time. Every once in a while, I'll say something that's a little shocking or controversial. I know y'all would never believe that. But one time I got up in a church, and this church was preaching spiritual warfare and working and laboring, and it was just all about works. And I just got up and said, I said, you know what? I said, there is no way on God's green earth you can live the Christian life. None. And then I just waited. That was a dramatic pause. Like that. And, <laughs> and the air got tense. You could feel it. You could cut the air with a knife. By the way, it was the last sermon I preached in that church because I got fired from that church. I am not joking. Because I preached Jesus every time I got a chance to preach when I was on that staff. Every single time. Because everybody else was preaching all kinds of other stuff and I would get up and go, we have not talked about Jesus in a month. Maybe as a tr Christian church we should talk about Jesus, right? And so I would get up and talk about Jesus. So I got up and said... No way on God's green earth you can do this. You can't, you can't do this. You can't live the Christian life. You can't even do the Sermon on the Mount. <laughs> so while the team is over there planning on how my exit, people out there are going, I want to know more about this. And I said, the bottom line is, he wants to live his life through you. You're working too hard. You're trying too hard. You're killing yourself. How's that working for you? To this day, if you ever go on my Facebook page and you see all these comments and stuff, it's a lot of those people. Because they were like, you said something 
you, you've got something I need and I want to know more about this. And so I've pastored him, a lot of those folks from afar. Because here's the deal. He wants to live his life in you so he can get it through you. Here's the fun part. We get to cooperate. We get to participate. We get to be in on it. But remember, it's him, not us. Amen? Isn't that beautiful? Driving over here this morning, I was having so much fun driving because I was like, there is literally no pressure on me whatsoever today. I'm not in a popularity contest. I'm not trying to be the coolest, cleverest, neatest, got it all togetherest, best grammar guy ever. I'm just not that guy. I, I, who could live under that pressure, right? If being a pastor is about being popular, oh Lord, have mercy. We're doomed, all of us. So I drove over here thinking, Jesus, this is you. This is all you. So anything that's said, you're going to take it and it's going to hit where it needs to hit. I just get to be the mouthpiece. Isn't that fun? That makes this fun. Not pressured. Christ in you. The hope. The word Bible, the Bible word hope, because again, that's one of those kind of vague wishing, I wish this would... The Bible word hope literally means this. Confident, joyful expectation and a desired good. Okay, let me say that again. Confident expectation. So now we've got Christ. Here's the mystery. Christ in you, Christ through you. The confident expectation of, remember glory? His manifest what? Whoa, okay, now that just opens that scripture up for me. So now here's the mystery. Christ wants to live His life. He gave His life to me so He could live His life through me. Why? And, and because I have this expectation, I live in a confident expectation of His manifested presence. So when I go to aisle four of hi everybody, that's H-E-B, when I go to aisle four of H-E-B, I have the confident expectation of His manifested presence because Jesus is living through me. And when I see you in aisle four, there's Jesus in me and Jesus in you, and we're connecting on aisle four. And guess what we're having? Church. Life. An exchange of life. We're leaking life. And we see each other, and it's fellowship, and koinonia is on in aisle four in H-E-B. Amen? That's what that is. Christ through you, the confident expectation of His manifested glory. And guess what? That happens wherever you show up. So the last thing, Ian Thomas, I just said an aberration of this quote, but here's what it is. Jesus gave His life for you so He could give His life to you so He could live His life, say it, through you. Jesus Himself wants to live His life through you. That's the Word made flesh who moved into the neighborhood and has now taken up residence. So I'll end with this. For God so loved the world. Turn to your neighbor and say, He is definitely talking about you. For God so loved the world, you, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him... Guess what? You're a whoever. And I'm a whoever. Isn't that awesome? That whoever believes, whoever trusts in Him, look what it says, should not perish, but have everlasting life. You do know that's your destiny, right? Eternal life with Him, connected with Him, enjoying the renewal of all things that's coming. 
That's your destiny. And then look what he says. I don't like to stop at John 3.16 because 17 just rocks. Okay? So listen to verse 17. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world. If He's not condemning the world, why are we? Hello? If He's not judging, He's not condemning, why are we? But that the world, there it is again, through Him, remember the bridge? The world through Christ might be what? Saved. That's our destiny. That's the world's destiny. And we get to participate in helping the world understand that Jesus died for them. Not only did He die for them, He wants to live in them and through them so that the world's saved. Amen? Can you bow your heads and close your eyes? Father, in Jesus' name, thank You for these foundational truths that we get to build our house on solid ground. Not on shifting, shaking ground, but on solid ground. I pray for my friends here. I pray for every person here. That Lord, they will decide that I'm going all in. I'm going all the way. I'm stepping over the line. I'm burning the, I'm burning the ships. I'm never going back. I am going forward. And Father, for every person here that's going to make that decision today to step forward, go forward, move forward, go all in and literally say, Jesus, I receive your life into mine. Father, would you encourage them, give them courage right now, inspire courage in them. And so every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here this morning and that's you, you're ready to go all in, you're ready to step over the line, burn the ship, so to speak, so there's no going back. If that's you, would you raise your hand just so I can see you? Is there anybody here? Thank you, thank you. Anybody else? Several going up. Anybody else? Thank you. You can put your hands down. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Lots of hands. Awesome. Here's what we're going to do. I want everybody to just look up for a minute. We're going to have our prayer team just come up here, and they're just going to be here at the end. If you raised your hand, I want to invite you to just get out of your seat when we close and just come up here and just pray with them. Let them pray with you. Just let's drive a stake in the ground today, and let's get on the journey together because we're here to walk with you. You're not alone. We're here to help you in this journey. We're here to go together. What we do, we do together because we're better together. Amen?